Good morning. Welcome to Sydney United Methodist Church and also welcome to those following along on the Facebook Live. If you would stand and join in our hymn of forgiveness, softly and tenderly, found on page 326. Please remain standing and join in the affirmation of faith, Psalm 15, 
Uh, on the Pew Bibles, that's page 468, and this will be responsive. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one who is walk in blindness, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from the heart. Whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others. Who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord, who feeds and helps even when it hurts. Who lends his money without interest, who does not accept the bribe against the innocent, Whoever who does these things will never be shaken. Okay, you may be seated. The announcements are found on the back page of the bulletin. Monday, February 6th, Sydney, meeting with the DS or yeah, meeting with the DS at Dunlow at 6:30. For Beaverdale announcements, Monday, January 30th, Bible study at 7. Monday, February 6th is the meeting at Dunlow at 6.30. And for Dunlow, Thursday, February 2nd, confirmation class at 6 p.m. Tuesday, February 7th, Bible study at 1 p.m. upstairs. Charge announcements, Sunday, January 29th, anointing service. February 5th, Holy Communion. February 12th, pulpit exchange. Guest speaker is Reverend Roger Miller. And February 22nd is Ash Wednesday. Any other announcements today? I wrote this down, but I can't overboard. I can't overestimate the importance of your attendance at this future determining meeting on Monday, February 6th, starting at 6.30. You are being asked to help with determining the direction you want to see your church going. Don't take this lightly. You've never been asked to do this with the direction of your church before. It's important that you be there in order to have your votes, whichever direction you want, to reach a two-thirds vote that's needed to proceed or not. You will be deciding what denomination you may be worshiping in and where you may be worshiping by the end of this year. Keep in mind that whatever you decide, people may be leaving. Ask yourself this question. Should what God forbids us to do in the Bible be held to a higher standard than what the church recommends. That's all. Okay, thank you. Um, do the children want to come forward for the children's message? I think we have one. We have one, I see. Maybe two. Two. How are you? So I have a question for you. What makes you happy? Your family makes you happy. Oh, that's too many answers. Um, is there anything else that you're happy? Perfect. Maybe playing sports. Yeah, that makes you happy. Um, I like to spend money. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things that make us happy, but you know the Bible, Jesus talks about being happy. Um, and he is I think being happy, it's a little bit different. And I'm going to be reading Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 and 12. But I'm reading from the message. It says, You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. It says, With less of you, there's more applaud in his rule. 
You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you, because only then can you be embraced by the one who is most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you work up a good appetite for God, whose food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get inside it, your inside world, your mind and heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world. And you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete with fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution because it persecution even deeper into God's Count yourself blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit God. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. So God has some pretty crazy ideas of what he thinks is going to make us happy. But all those things, um, like when we are down ourselves or if we've lost something, um, those are all times when God can, we can see God and we can come to that and to God. Then let's say a little prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for all that you have given us. And we ask God that you help us to remember to rely on you in times of need. Amen. Take a handful of those lollipops. You only took one. Please stand and join in singing our hymn of trust, The Old Rugged Cross, and that's on page 186. <laughs> 
And let us pray. We believe, all-powerful and wise Lord, that you arrange and direct all things, even the small and the unpleasant things, to the increase of your honor and to the good of those who love you. Please teach us to trust your goodness and accept your choices for us. Even when we cannot understand the choices, keep our hearts fixed on you. Let us do in everything what pleases you and then in full surrender to your wisdom, leave the outcome entirely to you. Dear Lord, we pray for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation, their families, their friends, and their neighbors. We pray for the law enforcement personnel, and we have a special prayer today for First Lieutenant Carl Smith. He's been promoted as of uh, last week. We send our congratulations to Carl, who is now First Lieutenant. And we pray for our health workers and firefighters. We pray for the leaders of our country, our community, and church. We pray for the well-being and safety of our youth. We pray for those people who have not yet come to grips with the word of, of, of God. They, in order for them to have any type of, of a future, a good future, they, they need to get in touch with, uh, with, with God. Uh, they need to uh, turn around and uh, head in the direction that he want, wants them to go in. We ask for uh, your forgiveness for our waywardness throughout this week. And we pray for all the cities around the country that are facing demonstrations regarding a brutal attack on the man by the police in, in, in Atlanta. We pray for that the crowds be made peaceful. We pray for Tom and Roseanne Burkett. Now, if there was a, a name or joy or concern that came to the people while we were praying, let them express that out loud now. You've heard the names from, that were on the, the hearts and the minds and the spirits of the people in the congregation, dear Lord. And we know that you're, you're working on the, uh, supplying uh, 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 them with the answers to, to their, their concerns. We thank you for that, dear Lord. Now let us bring our prayer time to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For our kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Uh, would the ushers please come forward for the presentation of God's tithes, our gifts, and offerings.
our gracious God, we thank you for coming this last Sunday in the month of, uh, of, of January. We're here today to uh, hear your, to recite your psalms, to hear your word, and to sing your hymns. We thank you for this opportunity, dear Lord. And we had some young people today who are presenting the, the gifts and tithes and offerings from the members of this congregation to you. We ask that they be accepted to help with the running of the church here in Sydney and to help with spreading your word throughout the entire uh, uh, internet area. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and all three of us said together, Amen. Thank you. Oh, please be seated. Please be seated. Our lectionary reading for today. Oh, never mind. Uh, do we have anybody, a group of people, a couple hundred of you or so, who wants to be anointed today? Please come forward. Come on down, is what they say on TV. Nobody else? Just one. Okay. okay I'll be right with you. Okay. The spiritual healing is God's work of offering persons balance, harmony, and wholeness of body, mind, spirit, and relationships through confession, forgiveness, and reconciliation. The greatest healing of all is the reunion of a human being with God. For the Christian, the basic purpose of spiritual healing is to renew and strengthen one's relationship with the living Christ. May grace and peace be yours in abundance in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. We have come to lift up our brothers and sisters before the Lord that they might receive healing. Let those who seek God's healing open their hearts to the Spirit of the Lord. Let us pray. O God, the giver of health and salvation, we give thanks to you for the gift of oil. As your body, as your holy apostles anointed many who were sick and healed them, so pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on this gift, that those who in faith and repentance receive this anointing may be made whole. Amen. to two. Jeez, well, what, what, what work of prayer will do? Now we're up to three. Whoa. Are we gone for four? No. Okay. You can come, you can come close. I won't bite. I know it's you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Bless you. I know it's you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Bless you. I anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God bless you. Any more? The next one's in April. We do it the months that they have five Sundays in it. And the next month that has five Sundays is April. It'll be after Easter, too. I, I, I've never referred to this as a heal, healing service. It's, it's, if it's healing anything, it's spiritually. It, it comes through the Holy Spirit, through me, putting that oil, oil on, your, uh, on your forehead. 
Okay, so now we're at the script, the lectionary reading for the day, which comes from Matthew, of course, that's what we're in, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. We've heard this many times. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Words to live by the words of God, thanks be to God. So this is called the... Uh, Again, Jesus turns everything upside down, and that's what this is. Uh, this is uh, this is about the beatitude. Beatitude means happiness. The word beatitude means happiness that can't be affected by any of our outside circumstances or situations. Whatever goes on outside of us should have no effect on our happiness, our joy. The Beatitudes looks at things that are at odds with the usual way we look at things. By living our lives by the Beatitudes, we can connect ourselves with principles that we find hard to live by. These principles guide us in reaching for that person God created us to be. Once again, Jesus has turned things upside down. Many great speeches throughout history were brought about by the occasion for which they were given, such as JFK's inaugural speech, the wartime speeches of Winston Churchill, the speeches of FDR, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. The Sermon on the Mount had no such outward occasion that gave it its significance. The occasion added nothing to the speech. It was the speech that made the occasion. Simplicity, hopefulness, and compassion are the three principles for living in the spirit that the Beatitudes are based on. Simplicity, to hear the word clearly as if for the first time, and to know that the words are directed to humans, to us. Hopefulness, approach the world with a spirit of hope, even when the outward signs indicate otherwise. The final principle, compassion, shows us that we all are all one, created by the same creator. Compassion requires us not only to walk the same path with a companion, but to walk in their shoes. All the other Beatitudes depend on the first one. If think of climbing a ladder, how important the first step is. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Those who consider themselves big and of great value will be small and of little value, while those who consider themselves small and of little value will be big and have great value. Those who trust in the righteousness they see in themselves do not think themselves to be poor of spirit. The next beatitude chosen, I didn't do all of them, we'd be here all day, deals with something we all need and must do. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the righteousness, for they will be filled. We will gain the presence of our Lord, not by our, the praise of the Lord, not by our accomplishments, but by our hungering and thirsting for righteousness. It's not what we do in the life, it's how much we want to be more like Jesus. Longing is needed to achieve fulfillment. To have satisfaction in anything, it must begin with hunger. We are given a heart that will hunger until it's satisfied. The worldly things we hunger and thirst for do not satisfy. There's only one thing that will completely satisfy our hunger and thirst, and that is the hunger and thirst for righteousness. We will be judged by our hungering and thirsting for righteousness and not our achievements. The last beatitude chosen is something we can't do on our own. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We can't bring about by ourselves a pure heart. It can only be done with the help of God. Purity of heart is to will one thing only. And this should be reflected in your body, mind, soul, and spirit. We should have purity of heart in all our thoughts, words, and actions. <coughs> we see and hear what we are conditioned to see and hear. Our environment, family, friends, entertainment. What kind of music do you listen to? You listen to that rap junk? Huh? You listen to that music that's always playing at the Planet Fitness? It always has the same bass drum beat. Boom, 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 boom. No matter what the song is. I've never heard the song before. None of them. Although, by mistake, they, had, they did have an ABBA song on once. So I stopped and got underneath of the speaker and listened to it. It's like, what in the world is ABBA doing among all this junk that they're playing? One time I went in, I told the manager, I said, I think I better leave. He said, why? Because you're playing the music of the devil. That's all it was, was somebody screaming like Ozzy Osbourne, but it wasn't him. But it was, it was that type of music. He was just screaming at the top of his lungs. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. And what do you watch on TV? Mm. All that goes into our eyes and our ears. How about the radio? Or what kind of uh, uh, computer games do you play? Uh -huh. Are you shooting people down in the computer games? How many people can you kill in the computer games? All that stuff goes, goes inside. And we have to be careful about what we let it inside. It's not, it's not easy. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to do. 
Especially when you're riding in the car and you're seeing a billboard here that's advertising abortions, or you're seeing Bill here that's advertising uh, uh, something or other. You know, I don't know. It's, uh, I try just to keep my eyes on the road and not pay attention to what, what's going on on the side, unless it's a crossroad and something's coming towards me. More care is needed as to what we let into our ears and eyes. That's a passageway into our soul. Ears and eyes. What we take in. What do you read? Do you read the books from the library? I do. I don't know how many thousands of dollars I've saved by, uh, now you don't do that here, but in, in the Ligonier, they would have on the bottom, you have saved so much money, and it was thousands of dollars, by getting books out of the, uh, uh, of the, of the library. That's what I read. Murder mysteries. If it's got nothing to do with murder, I don't want to read it. <laughs> many, many of the writers are, they write thrillers. And Lori knows this because she'll be helping me find the book. And she says, how about this one? And I'll look over and see the word thriller somewhere on the page. Nope, no thank you. I don't want a thriller. I want a murder mystery where somebody dies. Well, I don't, why? I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I've been attached to that since I've been... Be, since I got into the ministry. That's a, that's a, a odd. And the reason I got attached to it was because my mentor said, oh, uh, my mentor used to read murder mysteries all the time. And it was, I was looking for other things to do, and it was like, uh, oh, let me try that. So I've gotten hooked for, what's it, 13, 15 years now, reading a, a murder mystery. The moment one book is done, I put it down, and there's the next book to start up. <laughs> there's no break in between. I try not to have a break in between. The last page of that book, first page of this book, right away. Many good uh, authors, many good authors. I, I wonder what it's like to live with those people who write these murder mysteries. And the wife is the, uh, is the writer. Isn't the husband afraid to go to bed at night? She might have a plot in her mind. She wants to carry it out, and he's the, he's the victim. Or vice versa. The, the, the woman's afraid to go to bed at night because the man comes up with, the, uh, uh, with, with, with this. It's a, Jesus, when he speaks about the Beatitudes, makes it very clear that the happiness he mentioned has nothing to do with our outward circumstances. Nothing. It's all from within. It's all just a matter of attitude, which we all know can be changed. You may not think so, but it can be changed. And it can be changed overnight. The happiness we are seeking will be found in the areas that we see as troublesome. The problem we have with the Beatitudes is that we see them completely out of touch with life as we know it. This was Jesus' first sermon, the Beatitude. And then he lived his life and conducted his ministry for the rest of his life, three years, according to these Beatitudes. These, the Beatitudes, are biblical principles that were given to us, God's children, by God's Son. There must have been a reason why he went about it this way. Why would God have given this message to his son 
which would become his first sermon and the basis for his entire earthly ministry. Why? Are, are we all being asked to do, all, all, I'll get it right yet, all we are being asked to do is to live by these principles. That's all. Oh, now, is that asking too much? Well, it's asking a lot. Because his principles are up here, and our principles are somewhere below that. And we're supposed to be living by, by, his, uh, by, his, by his principles. The way he, the way he conducted uh, uh, his life. Is it? No, it's not easy being a Christian. This vote that you that, that is going to be taken next Monday is a a tough a tough decision to uh, to make. I don't think any of you have, have ever had one. The EUB and the Methodist Church joined together. You had nothing to do with it. It was the leaders from each from each denomination who got together and said, "Hey, let's combine. We're we're very similar." And they decided that's where United came into the title Methodist Church, United Methodist Methodist Church. And this is, I don't know if the other denominations have gone through it. I know they've gone through it, but I don't know if they've gone through it like we have gone through it. There have been bishops. Uh, one in the conference in Virginia, one in the conference in Georgia, who said, no disaffiliate. Nobody can disaffiliate from the church. And uh, nothing can be done about it because they're the bishop. There's no recourse to, to, uh, to go after the, the, the bishop to get them to change their, uh, 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 their mind. But there, there are thousands of churches now that have joined the, that have applied to be disaffiliated. Uh, and, and we have in Western Pennsylvania about 350. All the churches in the Forest Hills Ministerium, I'm not sure about Salix, I think somebody said Salix that they were going to go independent. But all the other churches, from all the other pastors who were, who were there that one Monday, were all there, except Wesleyan in Southwark. They have other problems that they have to deal with. So they're not, they're, they're staying there. Uh, but all the other churches have applied for dis disaffiliation. So it's a, uh, it's, it's a major decision for you to make on, on your uh, uh, part. It's a major decision for me to make on my part. Do I stick where I am? At least I won't have to buy a new robe. If I go to the global church, I'll have to get a new robe. That's the Methodist symbol. It will no longer be the symbol for the global Methodist Church. Uh, and it's a, uh, I become ordained, so I can wear a stole, maybe a stole will hide that. That'll be okay. Uh, and our apportionments. The apportionments for the United Methodist Western Pennsylvania are 11.2756599% of your income, 11%. The global church is going to be 2%. And we determine what our, our final income number is. They don't tell us what it is. We determine what it is. And then 2% of that is sent off to the uh, a global church for their uh, apportionment. We're, we're rough, rough, roughly now valued at $330,000. 
not anything in the building, the property. That means we have to pay $6,000 to retain. Every denomination has a trustee clause. That means that their conference, their jurisdictional board, owns the property, except the Global Methodist Church. You will retain ownership of your property. Everything in the church, the property, the buildings, everything will be yours. It won't belong to, uh, uh, to, to, to anybody. So that's some, some of the things uh, you're voting on uh, next week. It, your vote will be done by you people. Even though Dunlow and Viverdale, they'll have their own separate vote. There'll be three votes going on there. It's not, it's how many, it's based on how many people show up and vote for Sidman. That's all the votes we'd be counting would be for Sidman. Then we'll count the votes for Dunlow and then count the votes for, for, for Beaverdale. And I don't, don't believe any of the, we're, we're, you're looking at now ten dollars $12,000 to pay for our, our part of the health insurance and to pay for uh, our apportionment, two, two more years of apportionment, and then the, the, the property. So it's a lot less than I thought it was going to be. And the, the money that, that we've, they originally come up for the uh, retirement plan has been reduced by 20%. So each day things, things, things change. But your vote is determ determines next week whether we go on to the next step or no, we stop. If we stop, that means we remain United Methodist. No matter which way we go, we can still use the same hymnals. Because the word came out for a while that the hymnals and the Bibles had to be brought back, couldn't be used. But that's changed, that's changed. We can use the, the, the Methodist hymnals and the, uh, uh, the, the Bibles that are in the, uh, in, in the churches. The meeting won't take long. From my understanding, the ballot has two words on it. Yes, no. I, I, I'm not sure what some will say, but we'll also be voting on the people I've asked to be on the committee that will meet with the conference board of trustees if the vote goes to disaffiliate. They will meet with the board of trustees and you'll walk in and the board of trustees will hand you a piece of paper and say, that's what you owe us. It's not a negotiation, I'm told. They tell you what, this, this is the figures. And we know the figures beforehand. Once, and once the vote of the six is over with and we know when the meeting is going to take place, I'll meet with those people and share with them the figures that we have been, the, we have been, we have been given. But even if you decide not to disaffiliate, we're safe until 2028. Because the bishop has told everybody at Oakland, I forget when it was, before Christmas, I think, that as long as she is bishop, she will not send a liberal pastor to a conservative congregation. And she's here until 2028. After that, you're at the, you're at the, the, the whim of a, a, a new bishop. Three bishops have, have resigned already from the United Methodist Church and have joined the global, the global church. Three bishops. I don't know where they're from. I just saw their, their pictures. They're not old guys either, but they're, they, they've resigned from the United Methodist Church and have gone into the uh, uh, global, global church. I can do the same. All I need is my 
my uh, certificate of graduation from school, and uh, my license. And we have a license for where, wherever we are. I can't, I can't go to another church and perform communion or baptism. That's two sacraments. I can, I'm only licensed to do them here and at Beaverdale and Dunwell. That's it. That's, that's the way the, the, system, the system works. The Global Methodist Church is, is doing away with, 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 with all that. There used to be a lay speaker, certified lay speaker, certified lay minister, this and that and this, and they're doing away with that. It's all going to be one category. It's a, there's going to be a, a lot of changes uh, made, and uh, you can either grow from it or uh, you know have nothing to do with it. Okay, that, I, I'm done preaching. Let me get back to uh, the uh, uh, the sermon. We are just being asked to live by these principles. So remember this: Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Let us pray. <coughs> As the rain and the snow comes down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our hymn of hope, near to the heart of God, 497 in the hymnals, or the words are on the screen.
Let us commit ourselves by living our lives by the three principles for living in the spirit. Simplicity, hopefulness, and compassion. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, Amen. Right, let's do that again. And all God's children said, Amen. That's better.